One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Zone Time, everybody. I'm Julian. Arun is here. Sam is here. By the way, welcome back to the broadcast. We saw that a mm-hmm. brand new episode is out for the podcast. And uh, Tic Tac Tomar is also in the house. We're doing something uh, that we've never done before on the show, which is record on a Sunday. And it actually mm-hmm. uh, has turned out to be a good thing because we are in the middle of this weekend where... Uh, all these trades may or may not happen. And I get that people will hear this on a Monday, but if we happen to catch these live, you'll get our reactions in real yeah. time. I think the last, that's about, I think the, well, the previous trade we got live was the Bo Horvat one, which yeah. I think at, initially we all said was a fleece. And then as time progressed, actually it was okay. It was kind of even, or I don't know. Yeah, it's a good it's a good cap comparable for yeah. for Elias Lindholm, who we'll get to, uh, and the Calgary Flames at some point in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to touch off on the NHL draft because that is this week, right? Uh, Matt Bay Mitchkov, that's going to be a big discussion point amongst everybody. And of mm-hmm. course, we got to talk about uh, some of these free agents who are going to be available, some of the potential trades. We can maybe start there too, uh, because we're still waiting on if if Pierre Luc Dubois is going to be a Los Angeles King again. By the time you hear this, maybe it's resolved, maybe it isn't. Tory Krug has a no trade clause that he is very much holding on to, and that is keeping him from being a Philadelphia Flyer. That's so funny. And, it's, I w- let's start there because, <laughs> like, I find it really wild that in the NHL they have all these no trade clauses, no movement clauses. I discovered last week in the history of the NBA there have been only ten players who have had a no trade clause. Ten in the history of the mm-hmm. NBA. And they have all this player movement. Not to say the NHL doesn't have player movement, but like they don't but they don't have they don't have player love movement to the level of the NBA, man. Like like every no. year to the NBA, there are like stars, blockbuster trades happening and the NHL we get like excited when like, ooh, that player got moved for a conditional fifth. Ooh, awesome, wicked, right? And it's just like, okay, yeah, like Let me ask you this though. Would you rather get paid when an NBA player gets paid and have a no no ability to have a no trade clause, or would you rather have a no trade clause and get paid when an NHLer makes? Yeah, that's a very, that is a good point. That's a very good, that is a good point, especially for all of us here. Like, no, none of us are making millions. Maybe Sam is, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know if I get paid nine million a year and I get a no move clause. Like, that's that's a pretty good business for me, as far as I'm concerned. I would love yeah. it, but like, I'm just an everyday human being. Yeah. And I think another thing as well, and I, I'm pretty sure I've seen some Twitter discussion about this, but as, as a as a long and pain, painful tenured lease fan, um, I know. can resonate with, with what Tory Krug may be dealing with. 
um, Arun, you may you may uh, be familiar with this. There was a time where the Leafs wanted to blow it up and trade people, and one in particular, one Matt Sundin, love Matt Sundin. Um, but Matt Sundin had trade protection. He nixed him. You know, he had control of whether he could be moved or not, and he wasn't moved in a trade. And for some reason, our fair city decided to hate him for it, um, which kind of tainted you know his end his end um, as a Leaf. And it's interesting because. Like Tory Krug right now, like if you know, if everything is all true and that, like, yeah, he literally is nixing a trade to Philadelphia. I, I can't imagine why he wouldn't want to do that. The team's bad. They're going to be bad. Tortorella's the coach. Tortorella's the coach, and Tortorella's the coach. So I, I understand like why he would want to to nix a trade, but like if if it comes out afterwards, like what they could have gotten if that trade went out when went out, and like the return was like not as significant. Then Tory Cruz probably going to be like, you know, he's going to be the person that everyone, not everyone is going to, but like fans might be frustrated with. So like, it's an interesting thing because like, as when players take no trade clauses or no movement clauses, I completely get it. Like, you commit to the city, you commit to a team, and you want to see it through, stay, stay. I completely understand that. What I don't get is why teams do it a lot. And like, if you if you go through like every team's like cap friendly page. There are many players that you see they have a no trade clause. It's like why, why you? And it happens a lot, and so it's really interesting at moments like this. And now people are saying like, well, why would Troy Krug want to stay on a team when they obviously try to try to trade him? Wouldn't it be awkward? Like, so what? I think like Chris Reva too. I think with the Blues specifically, like they have a lot of guys with no trade clauses. Mm-hmm. And for some of them, it's like for Colton Pareko, it seems like a reward for winning the cup. For other guys, it doesn't make sense. So I think you know there can be situations where it makes sense. It's a loyalty thing. You know, you're giving someone a reward, but yeah, like a player of Tory Krug's caliber, I think St. Louis also thought that he was going to be like a franchise defenseman type too, sort of based on what he was like as an opponent in, the, in that 2019 final. Um, he hasn't materialized into that guy. So that happens often. I think it has to be sort of looked at on an individual basis because certain players are going to have sort of more like institutional value than others. Yeah, I'm wondering about that. And Sam, you can respond to this if you can, but should we get to a point where the NHL should just like make no trade clauses or no movement clauses only for a certain type of player or if you reach a certain echelon of salary? I mean, it's kind of hard to do now with what they have. I think over like 200 players have no trade clauses. But like, how do they regulate this? So maybe if they want to go down that road, maybe you have fewer players or it's just a certain type of player can get that type of trade protection. Or maybe we just say to hell with it and we just accept it for what it is. I don't think you can regulate it necessarily. I mean, people have freedom to contract, right? Like maybe NHL GMs should stop being such doormats and just offering them to everyone who asks for one. Like it's it's your job to negotiate the terms with, with the agents. It seems to me like the agents are doing a good job for their clients and actually getting them some control over where they end up. So you avoid situations like like, uh, what was his name? The guy who went to Buffalo. Backlund? Uh, Bergstrom? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't even remember. I know it started with a B. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, although I guess he had one in his... I can't remember what happened there. I just remember it was funny. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you can regulate it. I think that I think that GMs are the ones responsible for handing them out like candy. And if they want to have fewer players have the ability to hamper their their trading value down the road, then stop giving them out to everyone. 
tell them I'll pay you an extra whatever amount and you're not getting a no trade clause. Patrick Berglund is the player. Yeah, he was he was a St. Louis Blue, funny enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like I feel like and it, it's difficult for fans to do this because you know, as a fan, you're more likely to focus all solely on the player. But like, I, I think as the years have gone on, like when I notice players with no trade clauses or no movement clauses, like you have, it, it's the team. Obviously, the player would want to have that, but like as the team manager, you have to have you have to kind of have the forethought to think, hey, maybe it's not good to add another no trade no trade clause or another no movement clause onto a team because. Hey, we may not be good for all forever, and there may be an in, and you know there may be a situation, especially in the last five years, where like three-way trades have become more popular. Like this trade between like the Blues and, and the Flyers is being hyped up as like, oh, this is going to be huge, this is going to be massive, and now because one player is you know exercising their rights to block the trade, and now it's not going to happen. And like so, like I understand people are going to say like, oh well, Tory Krug is being selfish and being weird. Why would he nix a trade? I don't know. What if what if your employer said, "Hey, we're going to send you off this other place. Don't use that thing you have in your contract to nix that because you should be a good player and a, and a good person." Like, no, like it's part of your contract, you're able to do it. But the situations like these, like just GMs are just putting themselves in situations. I counted I I I equate it to like a player like a team not being able to make a move because like they, you know, they miss worth a cap or something. But yeah, like you have you have to blame St. Louis or, or like other teams who can't get a trade going on because of because of trade trade um, no trade clauses like it's the team's fault for sure. And it is tied to the cap though, right? Like it's tied yeah. to the cap because GMs don't have the ability to pay players more because of this artificial cap. And there's only so many things you can do to incentivize players to come to your team. That is a good but point. But what they need to figure out I mean it is part of cap management. Like you need to be paying players who are like your top six players, your core players, the amounts they deserve, and giving those players no trade clauses as part of the lower salary they're getting and not handing them out to like replaceable replacement level players. And, and a lot of replacement level players have no move clauses. And that's what Calgary's kind of in right now. Not to segue over there, but that's probably an ideal example to bring up in all of this. You bring up Huberto and Nazem Kadri, like those guys have NMCs. Those guys are, are are stuck on those contracts. And now Calgary's in the situation that they're in, and everyone's all like, "Man, they gotta go on a rebuild." Yeah, <laughs> like, good luck yeah. moving all of those guys. But hey, Noah Hannafin wants to leave. Tyler Toffoli wants to leave. Elias Lindholm, maybe. Did all of that come out of one leaf? Yeah, I mean, like, that's also not... That's one way to deal with your no-trade clauses and make sure everyone just wants to leave on their own. (laughs) By the way, I I appreciate... my clauses. Yes. (laughs) By the way, I appreciate uh, everyone reaching out to me that Thursday when all those players, it was announced they were all trying to leave. People reaching out to me saying, hey, are you leaving Calgary (laughs) too? Oh my god! Like it's just this is just a wild day, like one after another or after another, and it's just like I don't know, like what what do you do? Like what do you? It, it's Craig Conroy is in the exact same position that Brad Tree Living was in, and people have been dunking on Brad Tree Living ever since Matthew Kachuk took the took, took the Panthers to the Stanley Cup final, and now he's in a similar, if actually not even similar, it's actually worse, a worse situation because you have multiple players. So it's just like. <laughs> 
how do you even navigate that trade? Do you package them? Are you making individual deals? Like, are, are, and it probably has to be an organization decision as well, because like, are you still trying to compete when, you know, you have Huberto and Uyghur and Kadri on the, on these type of contracts? Like, so are you going to try to get players back that can help you right now? Or is this a situation where you say, you know what, well, there's only so much we can do. Well, maybe we'll try to try to do like a, a quick Boston retool type of thing here. But I don't know, man. Like if, if, if Huberto and Uyghur were not on that team, like I would say like, man, I think, I think Calgary's going to be bad for a couple of years. I think so. Arun, uh, from your outside perspective, what do you think of this looming mass exodus from Calgary? And what do you think they should do? It's yeah. I mean, I think they have to sort of commit to a direction, right? I mean, it doesn't seem to make sense on the outside for them to blow it up, uh, especially considering how good they were two years removed, right? Like two seasons ago, they were uh, behind Florida, maybe the best shot creation team in the league. The analytics were quite good. Like, I don't know what went wrong this year. Like, and you have to imagine that a lot of the frustration has to deal with being coached by Daryl Sutter. Um, Tyler Toffoli seemed to be like the lone player that really actually liked Daryl Sutter, right, from my view of it. Um, so maybe that speaks to his discontent. But other guys, I'm a little surprised. Um, you know, from my read of it, it seems that either Michael Backlund could be the captain of the Flames or he wants out. Like, I don't know. I think some of these guys are realizing they might be more coveted on the open market than they are with the Flames, and that's part of it too. Like, Elias Lindholm would get a massive return and a huge new deal with another team too. So I, I wonder what what this speaks to sort of the Flames ownership group and if there's been like a disconnect with the new sort of regime and what they want to do. Like, I don't know what Craig Conroy and Ryan Husker want to do necessarily, but I think a lot of this is like, well, we sort of have an open canvas now. Because not only are the players who want out valuable in the trade market, but if all four of those guys leave, they can sort of shape the team however they want to. They can also trade Jacob Markstrom if there is a buyer for him. Um, you know, and he has an NMC. Keep that in mind. And I think he has needs to come back. So yeah, he does. Jacob Markstrom has a no movement clause, and he does want to come back. I know that for sure. I think like the overarching theme of this too is like teams sometimes, and rightfully so, I guess, like internally believe in their players quite a bit. You know, I think. Of the 32 teams in the league, 24 of them think they can win the cup. And that's how you end up getting these sort of deals that look bad or the Flames, you know, maybe they were just good for one year. Maybe they were just a one-year wonder. Who knows? Despite the numbers sort of indicating otherwise. So I'm not sure. Like, I think Elias Lindholm, if you put him in a package with some of those guys mentioned, like, he would he would fetch a massive for that trade. You know, are the Flames... Huh? Yeah, like, I think, honestly, as, as, as much as, I, as the idea of a William Nylander trade, I think making a trade for reactionary sake makes no sense. Like, because Elias Lindholm is such an like elite defender, like he may be like need the, more than William Nylander. You, just to you need that, right? but I think that's at the lower end of like what a trade block, a, a, a trade back should look like. Um, because he brings something different that he, he is like an elite defense player with you know scoring tools. So I don't know. I don't know what's happening in Calgary from from the outside looking in. You know, and I'm I'm happy to admit that. Um, that's okay. To, I'm, I'm waiting to see sort of how the dominoes fall. There's a lot of compelling pieces. But it seems to me that, like, Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska may have a just a totally just open canvas to work with in a few weeks. I'll say this. As someone who's in this situation right now, I, I, I totally understand that other side of, like, okay, these guys want to leave. There's an opportunity for them to rebuild or at least retool on the fly, get some assets, get some draft picks, and I really think the Flames should be doing that. I also understand the people who look at this and they're like, why don't nobody, why doesn't anyone want to play here? Like, like Omar put up the beam of uh, 
uh, Will Smith in the empty house in Prince of Bel Air, uh, <laughs> Hubert and Uyghur. Like, I, I get it. We're not even a year since both Kachuk and Gaudreau left Calgary. Imagine being a Calgary Flames fan and, like, those guys want to leave. And and then after all that, and Lindholm might want to leave. He might stay, but he also might want to leave. And Hannafin and Toffoli apparently want to leave. Mm-hmm. Michael Backlund, who people in this city, even though he's going to be 35, he's coming off his best year, and he might not play better than what he did last year, they still want him to be captain. He means so much to this team. They also wouldn't blame him if he wanted a shot at a cup. I also understand that Flames fans are just, they're taking a kick to the teeth right now because it seems as if people don't want to be in that market, and they're saddled with these contracts that essentially are keeping them from doing this full rebuild that they want. I can sympathize a little bit with that. And at the same time, the organization did this to themselves. The Daryl Sutter hire clearly poisoned something in the culture. Uh, I mean, you can't really do anything about the climate, but the damn rink sucks. The Saddle Dome sucks. And I'm t- and look, it is what it is. You know, it has its charm. Best sight line in the league. If you ever go to the press box and watch a game from there, great view to watch a game. It's like over 40 years old. It has like little to no real adjustments to it. If you are going into the... The road locker room in Calgary is better than the players' own. It's a joke. It shouldn't be that way. I shouldn't be able to walk into the road locker room and realize, well, it's so spacious and nice, and you know, you can go from each stall to another. I should not be going into the into the main locker room for the Flames and have all these different stalls there, and then some extra player who can't get his own stall has a moving crate with all of his gear on top. That's a real thing that's happened. Like, that's a joke. There's a reason why Mackenzie Weger got clowned in that video of him walking through, well, maybe not him specifically, but the Flames got clowned with Mackenzie Weger walking through uh, the Flames locker room and looking around like, oh, okay, this is nice. It doesn't look good. And the Flames let that slide. And I get that's a part of it. It's not the reason. But, you know, the teams in small markets, it's on those teams to build up their teams as best as possible to, to make it an environment for people to, to want to stay longer, to make them competitive. So they say, hey, you know what? It might not be L.A. It might not be Montreal. It might not be Toronto. But I know Calgary is a winning environment. But damn it, if the team is not doing enough to make that possible, you almost can't blame player for wanting to leave. Oh, yeah. And then it's just like with with all of this, like this conversation here and then all the news about the players who, who may want out. I, I thought back to Craig Conroy's like intro um interview or, or you know introduction press conference, at, yeah. at press conference thank you um and, and there's there a particular quote that he said that that came to my mind i just want to read it verbatim because i don't want to butcher it so sure. he said um that was, that was about the idea of you know making calgary a, a good place to play and he says the reality is you have to let me know if you want to be here and if you don't you also have to let me know that my job is to make sure we put the best team on the ice and make sure asset man and, and make sure asset management is a big thing for me I just don't, I just don't want to ever see someone just walk away for free. If they want to be here, great. If not, I'd be disappointed because all these guys are huge parts of the team, but I understand. Some people just say, hey, you know what? It's not for me, and then we'll work with what we have from there and move forward. Now, the the cynic in me and then the joking person in me thinks, I wonder if the players were like, okay. Right? I because bet. it's just interesting, right? Because... We went from the report saying that like you know multiple players had you know put in a trade request because of you know Sutter was still going to be there. They took it back because he got fired, and 
now then that that quote gets stated and now we're at a point where multiple players are saying i have no intention to resigning so i don't know it's just that's it's just fascinating to me that all of it happened all at once and again like i if if calgary ends up better better from this or they're able to like maintain the status quo from like not this past season but the year before that i'll be thoroughly impressed but it really does look like they're on the verge of at least having another year where they just may not be as good. They may try. They may be. May, they may be more competitive. But like, I I can't see. I I can't see a scenario where they're losing Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, um, like all of these players, and are better for it. But hey, I I hope they can prove me wrong. I'd be fascinated to see. Jujurs, there's something like there. There was like a one throwaway line that I think you touched on, and like that Daryl Sutter may have just poisoned the culture there permanently, right? Like. Whether that's fair to Ryan Huska and Craig Conrad as they go forward, maybe it isn't. But like you know, from the outside looking in, like that, there has to be something to that. You know, like a team that talented, you know, underperforming for nebulous reasons. Like, I think there has to be something accounted for, like Sutter damaging the culture of that team. So we'll see how he did. And so I think along with small market size, like I think those two factors go in tandem. Yeah, man. I mean, Backlund said like this past year was like the hardest season he's ever played through. I and you know he's not getting any younger. He wants to compete for a cup. Yeah, uh, you know I can understand where he, where he's coming from with that. Sam, do you want to add anything else on this before we move on? No, not really. I just think it's I don't know. I find it really interesting when we talk about small markets. Like this, this again doesn't really seem like an issue that other leagues have where there's this much discussion of like this city is this city is desirable that city's not desirable and i find it especially bizarre in the context of like players coming up from from like the chl where you play you want to talk about small markets and like you know you got tons of chl teams that are in in tiny towns and like same thing with ncaa hockey programs like it's not like these players all coming up from these massive programs like it's just it's a very interesting dynamic to me that doesn't seem to exist elsewhere like i can't really think of something like this happening in basketball like other than steve francis refusing to come to vancouver i think there is the no reason to sort of account for that it's like dan being and fell are much better at marketing their stars like with the is going to san antonio maybe the smallest market in the nba and it's going to be a global superstar regardless yeah but players there that may not be the case in the nhl yeah. Gets to, and even if the team's not going to be that great, he gets to play for the greatest coach who's ever coached in the NBA. And he's already learning from like Tim Duncan and some of the greats in San Antonio. You're right. He is going to be a superstar regardless. And San Antonio, even if it is a small market, big basketball culture, big basketball city, culture of winning, like you could see him sticking around there for a little bit of time. Also, uh, while we were talking uh, about our previous topic, uh, it's, it's out there now that Tory Krug is not waving his NTC. It was rumored, but Pierre LeBron is pointing that out there. Uh, and uh, he does not want to be a Philadelphia Flyer. I can't say I blame him. I thought it'd be Bennington. That'd be so... Oh. Yeah, Ajin. That'd be hilarious. Why would anyone okay. want to... Honestly, what a dump. Bonnet. I want to mention the draft really quickly here because, yes, uh, this week is the NHL draft. We know who's going to go number one. We know it's Connor Bedard. Adam Fintilli will probably go second. Uh, Leo Carlson third, maybe. Will Smith probably goes four. There's a big debate about who's going to go five. 
Maybe I'm wrong about third and four, but one and two I'm more confident about. But there's definitely a debate about who goes five. Matvey Mitchkov should be the pick. There was a reality where it was Connor Bedard versus Matvey Mitchkov. Yeah. And now people are wondering if Matvey Mitchkov is going to slide out of the top five. Let's imagine we were all GMs and we were all picking reasonably high in the NHL draft. Would you take Matvey Mitchkov? I'm going to start with the root. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Like, I, I got to yeah. even know how this is like a debate. Like, I wrote a piece about that this week about why Matthew Mitchkov was is the most interesting player in the draft. And as you said, like, it was a year and a half ago where Bedard was a half tier ahead of Mitchkov. You know, Mitchkov was tournament MVP at the under-18s. Where Bedard was there, he outscored him. Last year at the Gretzky Flinka Cup, Mitchkov led the tournament scoring ahead of Yaroslavkovsky, uh, Ivan Mirchenesko, um, Philip Massar, like a lot of 2022 first round picks. Mitchkov outscored him. He is a prolific scorer at every level. You know, he's has the highest points per game KHL average for any NHL draft eligible player. Like he just scores. He's an audacious player. He shoots the lights out. I think what's happened is that in the absence of having viewings of Mitchkov in his draft year and not going through this all the hoops and the pageantry of the pre draft year process, uh, people are making up things about him. You know, this idea, too, I'm seeing a lot of hockey analysts wade into politics for the first time or show a rudimentary under, understanding of sort of how geopolitical conflict works. Matthew Mitchkov is not an arm of Vladimir Putin's government. Like, he is not he's not waging war against Ukraine personally. Like, yeah. he's an 18-year-old kid who wants to play hockey. Simply put, like, he hasn't sort of shown any sort of loyalty to the Putin government like Ovechkin has. He, he has said that he's going to honor his contract in the KHL. But this idea that he doesn't want to play in the NHL seems completely unfounded. For a player of that that caliber, like, you have to take him. Like, I don't understand it. For me, I think, too, like, if you're the Habs at five, it's a no-brainer as well. Because there is maybe the idea that Matthew Mitchkov is more valuable to teams that have institutional resources and fan bases that um, sort of understand how the processes work. And on top of that, I think Matthew Mitchkoff is more valuable to general managers who have more time to work with. Like, if you're Mike Greer, can you take that risk? If you're, you know, Kekalainen and, you know, maybe your back's against the wall a little bit, can you take that risk? That might be the only question. But on a talent perspective, on a willingness to play in the NHL, on a production perspective, it's a no-brainer pick. Like, I would I, I would even go as far to say that he may, may be the number two pick in the draft, if all things were considered equal, but... I don't know. I think if I were Columbus, it would be a no-brainer at three to take him third. And if he falls to the Habs, who have a fan base that will understand that he may be the second-best player in the best draft class in eight years, it's a no-brainer. Like, this idea that teams are overthinking this to this degree, that because of his nationality and because of a war that he's not personally involved in, is ludicrous. That's a good way of putting it. Sam, are you prepared to wait for Matt Faye Mitchkov until 2026? I think you you got to do it. Like Arun said, for a player of that that caliber and that potential, like think about all the teams. Think about all the teams who historically didn't take Russian players who fell to like much later rounds and ended up dominating. Like it's always been a bad reason. And like, unless you somehow think that you're going to go from a team who's drafting in the top five spots of the NHL lottery because that's how bad you were to somehow contending in the next couple of years and needing a player of that caliber in the next couple of years, that doesn't like 
why not wait? Like, you're not going to be good anyway. And Sharoon's point about, like, the politics making no sense, like, it's it's the same thing with people who are like, oh, you can't take, can't put Alex McGillie in, in the Hockey Hall of Fame this year because he's Russian. Like, A, the man literally defected, and B, you should have put him in, like, 10 years ago. So that's a stupid yeah. reason. That's how if just small side note about the McGillity oh stuff. God, like the fact right. that the fact that the Russian conflict is now a reason why we can't put McGillity yeah. in, that doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, for, for the guy who defected. Like, come on. Defected to the Soviet Union. That's it, it just I, I I'm not gonna act like I'm an expert in all that. It's just something that I have a lot of questions about, considering that he has been eligible for a certain amount of time. Also, it creates a very interesting discussion about the Russian conflict when some other Russian players become eligible to be Hockey Hall of Famers in a few years. I'm looking at you, Alexander Ovechkin. I believe Ilya Kovalchuk is eligible as of next year. That's going to mm-hmm. that's gonna enter a, a... So that's a lot of discussion that's going to come up for those players. But you know what? We could table that for another <laughs> time. Omar, would you pick that? Would you pick Matt Vemichkov? Would I take the best Russian prospect uh, since Alex Ovechkin? Not my words. Yes, uh, because like literally, and, and and like Sam brought up a great point that there there's so many times where like Russian players should be drafted, but like players are like like teams are like oh I don't know maybe maybe they'll stay in the KHL maybe they'll like and then there's so many Kirill Kaprizov was a fifth round pick in 2015. Sure, he did not make his NHL debut until like 2019, 2020, something like that. But like it was worth the wait. He's, he's worth it. He's, he's worth, worth the wait. So I. I don't understand why teams are trying to galaxy bring this. Like, yeah, like for a long time, like it was described as the Bedard Mishkov draft. Even the beginning, even the beginning of the of this season, his own time, we we're talking about whether it'll be you know the between Bedard and Mishkov. So I don't understand like why 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 we're overthinking it. You take the best player available. Yeah, maybe it might be some time before they actually like you know throw on a jersey for you. But again, you do not want to be the team where people go to the 2023 draft. And then look at the players taking above that person, and say, "Wow, that could have been us. That could be. We could have. We could have had them." So I don't understand why my teams are galaxy braining it. They take the best player available. It should be Mitchkov, but I I can see a scenario where he drops, or maybe even teams like try to move up. But I think like last year's last year's draft was interesting because the whole time it was Shane Wright, and then as time got closer, it was like, "Oh, maybe maybe I might be Slavkovsky," and then he dropped. But this year, I'm actually interested to see who takes Mishkov and where did he fall? Because it seems like he's going to fall. Again, it does not make any sense, but whatever. I don't think he's... I, I think I'm taking him because, you know, depending on where I'm at with my team, I'm willing to wait maybe two, three years for Matt Faye Mishkov. Nope. I think I think the Canadians, the idea that they might be looking at other prospects is just Kent Hughes blowing smoke. I would be very stunned if they went against this but you know what i was wrong last year i thought they were picking shane Wright, so i could easily see i could easily be wrong about them this year but if they don't pick matt Mitchkov, i that it doesn't make any sense to me this is an organization can't use owes the fans an explanation i mean this is an organization that is that has, is trying to build up talent they went through an entire decade with a gm that was very much about intangibles and character and whatever and now they are trying to assemble as much talent as they can and they have an opportunity to pick a talented player on the board and they might pass on him for a guy who sort of plays like either Matthew or Brady Kachuk in order for them to make up for not picking Brady Kachuk a couple years ago like 
that doesn't make any sense, sense to me. That makes so that doesn't make sense. any sense. For sure. Let's you know yeah. what we we did we made a we made a goof in the past. So let's try to recreate let's try to you know fix that goof from years in the past so we can explain why we did that goof now. Like sometimes you just have to accept your canon event and just move on. <laughs> that was a great was a good movie. It was a great Across the Spider Verse. Across the Spider Verse. Uh, yeah, that was good. That was That's good. a brilliant movie, by the way. Uh, I encourage all of our listeners and viewers to watch it if you haven't mm. done so already. Yes. And also, um, yes. And also, if, if anyone from Sony is watching, uh, delay it. Don't over overwork your animators. Yeah. Um, I I can I can wait for it in tears, but I will wait for Beyond the Spider Verse if it means that people are not being um overly worked. So, yeah, for it. Uh, we should probably get to uh free agent frenzy, which will come after the draft. Uh, I mean the the class of free agents is very, very well decorated, very packed with players like Dmitry Orlov, uh, Patrick Kane coming off hip surgery, uh, Tristan Jari's in there somewhere. Aiden Michael Hill, Bunting. Aiden, Michael Bunting, Michael Bunting, Michael Bunting. Yeah, that's Dude. a name to look out for. Oh yeah, future Pittsburgh Penguin, Alex Kerfoot, future yeah. Pittsburgh Penguin, Justin Hall, future Pittsburgh Penguin. You, know, go, you guys go. want? Hey, do you guys want Milan Lucic? Who? We who? Need who? You 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 of all people should know who Milan Lucic is. Exactly. I don't. Well, then what are we doing here? What? 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 I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke. And then people were like, "Oh, well, Brad Trillivine has." I understand that. I, I I get that. I get that. So you but, don't but, want Eli Lynch as a leaf? To do what? He might be a good fit for your fourth line. I don't know. He might be the player in the to, NHL to, to, to do what? Do to play for the Leafs. To, yeah, to do true. what? Like I don't know. Man. Look, the Leaf the Leafs for years they need this balanced up and down lineup, and and he could bring some intangibles. He could fight a couple well, guys if he needed. Well, it's either Toronto or Vancouver. I think the Canucks could use it. Oh, the two, the only two teams. All right, good to know. If Sam is oh, Sam is not even touching that. It's like don't. <laughs> I I logged on to Twitter earlier this week to see Canucks fans having a relatively serious discussion about whether or not they should sign Milan Lucic in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three, and I immediately <laughs> logged back out because I was like, I am not having this conversation. That is insane. <laughs> By the oh, way, Milan Lucic, insane. By the way, Milan Lucic, nice guy, really cool person to actually like chop it up with one on one, and I, uh, good. I thought he said he would. Career. He said in public, on the record, that he would never be seen in downtown Vancouver again, other than to play at Rogers in his career. And um, notwithstanding that, you know, signing with the Canucks would mean that he would be playing at Rogers. I think that would break that promise, and I think he should keep his word. <laughs> we didn't sign anything legal binding or anything like that but he did say it on the record i don't know like i you know what i wouldn't be surprised if he goes to like columbus or something yeah why who's the coach who was the oh, yeah. coach well, you think mike babcock wants Milan Lucic that bad we julian julian the toronto maple leafs traded for matt martin and then signed him to a four-year deal to do what? To 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 
And this is I stopped my Babcock. This is a that's, that's Lou <laughs> This is this was my Babcock because he said, and I quote, the reason for the trade was to keep the flies off. Verbatim quote. I think he's either going to Columbus or he's going to Philly. One of those two. I would not be surprised. But the Leafs, like I'm gonna do we should do a bet on this because I have I will put money to Columbus. I will put I'll money. put money on that. I will I'll, I'll money. Put, I'll bet. Bet if he that, goes to Columbus, Columbus, yeah, we'll work out a bet because yep. there's ain't no way he's going to Columbus. Ain't yep. no way. Yep, I say Columbus or Philly. There's no shot, no shot he's going to the Leafs because the entire even the entire Philly, narrative, not even that the entire narrative was like, oh, the Leafs are so the Leafs are so slow. They need to get faster, so we need to sign Milan Lucic for what? I am man, man. Can we not just give the flipping prospect an opportunity? Like I, I get it. I get it. The the Leafs, the Leafs are are in, are in a phase, or I don't even know this turn to rent. Whatever. The Leafs are are at, are at a point where where they need they need to have some results and stuff. So so give the player that you build up an opportunity, and let's not sign another thirty five plus person to to do to do what to to, to fight, because that helped. But I just want to understand. Make your point. Yeah. I want to understand why all these thirty five plus year olds who like honestly can't keep up like visibly cannot keep up with today's game damn we gotta be careful we don't get it to ages and by the way i just want that this this okay he's all of these players are too slow for for the way they're playing they're not signing on good teams it's not like it's not like those situations where like you're signing with a contender who's gonna win milan lucic has made roughly 72 million dollars in the course of his career you could buy an apartment in vancouver with that money Dude, he could buy a house in Vancouver. He could buy several. He'd buy several, but it just, it's a joke. Of, it's a joke about I the housing prices in Vancouver. I know, but like, come on, what are you doing here? Like, are you like? I don't understand. He still wants to play, and I'll so I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll go to his defense. Yeah, I like, seventy-two it, million dollars. We all want seventy-two million dollars, but like, if you still want to play, you still feel you can give a team a chance. Like, I completely understand that. I look. I'll say this about I'll say this for Toronto because I, I think it's important this is noted. One reason why Brad for Living is not in Calgary anymore is because of the frustrations between him and Daryl Sutter about playing young players. No respect to Milan Lucic, but he was one of those stop gaps that kept young players from entering the lineup. So it doesn't make sense to me that Toronto would be a fit, even though I was joking about it, because Brad Trulipig, as much as he might like Milan Lucic as a person, probably would understand that, like, ah, he probably would rather see younger players in the lineup. So I don't think Toronto fans have anything to worry about. That being said, if Milan Lucic signs on, like, a PTO, even at that with the Toronto Maple Leafs, I will laugh my ass off. No. I get to look at Peter Holland getting a PTO. Anyone see he's trying to get Did back? Gregor say something to that effect? Yeah, yeah he's trying to get back. He's going to yeah. get a PTO in Toronto, I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but shout out to him doing overdrive. This. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for him. I'm doing that. Um, I, I, what, originally, what I wanted to ask everyone here was, uh, is there a free agent out there that you would like to see your team go for? Whether, or you know what? We don't even have to limit it to just free agents because uh, there's definitely trades going on too. Is there mm-hmm. someone out there you'd like to see your team go for? Maybe you <laughs> feel they're going to make them better. Maybe you think they're just going to, you know, keep things afloat. Is there someone out there you'd like? Yeah, there's two targets for me. Like, they're not flashy names, but, like, Carson Soucy is one of them. I think he's just, like, criminally underrated. Big boy, skates well, doesn't make mistakes. 
good possession numbers. Uh, if Justin Hall's gone, he can play both sides of uh, the defense. So, like, that's one I want. And if Jordan Scorpisalo is available at a cost-friendly price, never help. Never hurts to have good goaltending. And honestly, like... You want Eunice Corpusalo? Yeah. I, w- I was I was talking to some friends, like, at a party last night. Like, goaltending is such a hard variable to bet on. Unless you're Vasilevsky or Shesterkin or Stroken, you have no idea if you're going to be good year over year. And I think Corpusalo at, like, a $3 million deal, if it's available, worth a bet for a Leafs team that got good goaltending, but is still somewhat uncertain what, how it's going to shape out. Those would be my two big moves. Because, again, like, I... You can call me crazy. I don't think the Leafs need to do anything drastic per se. So those would be my two targets. Aside from, I guess, you know, trying to re-sign Ryan O'Reilly, I suppose. But uh, that would be that would be it. What about you? Why? What do you think? Yeah, uh, I think for me, and this may not be like a like a crazy take. I think a lot of people have been talking about it, but like Matthew Phillips, and has been a, has been a player that I've kind of looked at a little bit more. I think now he's a he's a UFA coming from Calgary and has like crazy numbers in the um, in the AHL. And, like, skill is sick. Love skill. So, like, I don't know. Maybe if it could be, like, a... To the net. Right? So, that that's a name that I maybe... I don't know if it's already been done, but I hope the Leafs at least circle around. Because, you know, if you're a player that's, you know, kind of in this situation and you want to kind of create a platform for yourself where you can kind of stand out and say, like, hey, I can compete at the NHL level as well. Why not do it in Toronto? So... I think that Matthew Phillips would be, would be a name that I think Matthew is Phillips. I think is I think is doable, but would be interesting as well. Nice kid. Uh, I hope he gets an opportunity to start some kind of NHL career. Uh, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Does have obviously mm-hmm. a relationship with Brad Trilovic. Mm-hmm. Sam, uh, who would you like to see the Canucks sign? You could also say nobody. Well. The Canucks now have six and a half million dollars in cap space because they are going to pay Oliver Ekman Larson until 2031. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine that they're going to spend that in the most imprudent way possible. Let's see. So who is the worst yeah, free agent there? possible? Yeah, okay. let's find let's go I think that to bring back Luke Shen. I think that would be a good move. I think Quinn Hughes has played his best hockey with Luke Shen. I think that would be a reasonable use yes. of money but anyone else is kind of like i've seen some people talk about the connects going after barbershop a i don't see barbershop going from las vegas to vancouver but b after the run he's had he is going to ask for a lot of money he should he should would he ask for like six million perhaps yeah that's yes roughly that sounds about right can we add a can we add a second can we add a part two to that bet Barbershop to the to the we keep if we keep this up, we might end up getting gambling sponsorships on this. That would be hopeless. I just I need you all to understand that if 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 Lucic goes to Columbus or Philly and Barbershop goes to goes to the Canucks, like that that would be the quickest group chat chat text like ever. Like calls it. I was right. It'd be like Omar you'd be Omar Stradamus. Yeah. I think someone called me that once. Tic Tac Tradamus. What did you predict? I don't know. I think it was a goal. Or, or, or it might have been after the Jimmy VC thing, which I also forgot was the season. Good times. For those who for those who aren't, aren't aware, um, I did the the bad thing and I tempted the hockey gods, uh, saying that Jimmy VC isn't gonna do anything about the uh, against the Leafs, and then he went on to score two goals. Um, and then 
uh, a week later, he liked my the said tweet. Yes. Uh, good, yes. Good times. Good, good times. Good times. Was like, I remember that. <laughs> All right, friends. Uh, this was a great time recording zone time. It's always a great time recording zone time. Uh, you subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you listen to our show, however you listen to our show. Thank you, Arun. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Omar. We'll be back uh, with another episode very, very soon. So uh, enjoy the NHL entry draft this week and uh, peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.